But he's just a little bit wingy. Wingy. Big shout out to Wingy as well. Real hardcore. I like Wingy. Posts his predictions and things up. I like Wingy. He's good. I like people like that a little bit off the cuff. He's just the biggest boxing nut I've ever met. Came to London looking for static and ain't nobody say nothing. And he a chomp. Let's go, champ. Have a good day. <laughs> oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Are we back at it again? Are we seriously back in this mother? What's going on? We're at it again. We're at it again. We are at it again. Wingy's Boxing Bites, episode 14. Wow. Wowzers. I know. Now, there's 69 episodes that happened in the past. You guys know that, right? But those episodes are now just for the for, for the Patreon group because they're old. I sound really young, like still the same immaturity. But I just sound, I don't know. So they're, they're, they're now archived. You can only get them at the Patreon. But we're here. We're here. It feels good. It feels good. Doesn't seem that long ago t- since I thought, Do you know what? I've done that Instagram video thinking, oh, let's, oh, let's see what this boxing lock's got again. And boom, here we are. Episode 40, Lewis Ritson. I'm trying. Did did you hear me starting with the small talk then? Because I just didn't want to get to it. Lewis Ritson gets stopped by Ponce in the 10th. Is it was the 10th round, wasn't it? Look, don't make me box wreck the round. Oh. It was all a dream. I used to read World Up magazine, sort of pepper and heavy D up. It was all a dream, man. That's early writs and years, boy. I remember interviewing him for IFL a while ago now, when I was young and fresh. fresh. <laughs> oh God. If I could get the words out, that would be something. When he was young and fresh-faced. Then after shiny bonts or the beard. I mean, they're all doing a wingy look now, aren't they? Babich, Ritson, <laughs> come on, guys. But I remember asking him back then, are, are, are you, you're not going to be too reliant on the power, are you? And I don't believe he was. I think he genuinely has tried to adapt his game. But we're going to talk about that, obviously, when we get to the when we get to the fight review section. But it was just oh, it was sad to watch. It was just sad to watch. Now, obviously not if you're punts. Sorry. And we are, you know, we, 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 we like to, <laughs> we're not biased here. Well done, Ponce, mate. Shout out to you, brother. You done all right, didn't you? It was just relentless. And like I said, we'll talk about that. Don't torture me. Now let's uh, reach for the, now a lot of you might think, why'd you turn around? Don't turn around. I said, jukebox today, innit? Don't turn around. Guess you'd never see my... Why do you always turn around and reach for the bottle of water after you started the podcast, you fat? Because I just kind of like to roll with it. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be like, oh, let me sip the water. Let me get the notes ready. Record. 
I like to just roll with it. It's just how we do. You can hear me opening the bottle and that. It's like it's like reality TV, isn't it? It's called me Tommy Fury on Love Island. So mm. that's some good water. You look all right, then. I really hope you are. Genuinely mean that when I say that. Good to be back for another episode. I look forward to this all week. I really do. Yeah. I re- this is what I wanted to do on my return. I just wanted to do me poddy. Me little poddy waddy waddy. People pulling me in left, right and centre. I just wanted to do me little poddy. So it is good back doing what I want. Saying that though, and I'll probably reveal more in the after dark because I don't like to talk about that sort. This is pure what's going on in the boxing as opposed to me kind of thing. I mean, I did have a very interesting call a few days ago, but I don't know if I was hallucinating a very, very, very big name in the sport. And I'm like, no, that's, that call didn't happen. Then I look back on my recents on the Android. Yeah, it did. So let's see. Anyway, we'll, hopefully we'll hear more about that coming up, but I'll let you guys know at the other wingy channels. It's good as well, because there's a solid block of you now. Do you know I mean, looking at the numbers, I'm thinking, <clears throat> numbers are good, but the podcast isn't where I had it before. I really want to get it there, but I'm impatient. That's my thing, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, is a good uh, 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 a thing if you're trying. Well, I said thing. Tried to think of a better word again, so just threw thing back out there. Thing. I guess that's good if you're ambitious, right? Which is what I am for this podcast. But yeah, and of course. I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I was mentioning that there's a solid block of you that are always here rocking out with me now. I see the numbers. Shout out to you lot. Just want to say thanks, that's all. And of course, Alan Babich, as we mentioned, with the uh, wingy look, so to speak, does it again? Does it again? Very good question about him in this week's wingy's bag, which is the mail bag, where we discuss how long is he going to be able to keep that up for. Rushing in. I mean, it's great. I love it. Alan Babich is like pretty much the perfect package, right? Right. Do you know what I mean? As in for like a promoter, he's exciting when he fights. He always gets knockouts. He's uh, a great talker. He's entertaining. Great personality, cult following. All the things that you would want to ascribe to a potential signing if you're a promoter, like a promoter's dream, right? But we do get excited. We do get caught up in it when it's happening. We've seen it all before. There's people out there that have written articles saying that David Price could possibly be a world champion. I think he will be. Me. And do you know what? I love Pricey. But back then I was naive young. I had all my air. I was just, I just got overexcited. So now my older years, I try to be a little bit more cool. And that's the approach I'm trying to take with Alan Babbage. <coughs> oh God, is that a bullshit meter coughing me? No, it's not. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just hard when he's going in there knocking people out. You get excited, didn't you? Chuck him in with a top 10, 10. I don't know. So we're going to talk about that fight and obviously the whole Ritzing card as well. Fight Zone. I want to discuss the Asazi and Denny match, which was strange that it wasn't a headliner. I don't understand why it wasn't a headliner. Really don't. But regardless, 
great fight. I, I really enjoyed that. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to give a... We don't do MMA here. Nothing against it. They're warriors. They're absolute warriors. But visually, for me, just isn't appealing to watch. Um, one doesn't necessarily enjoy the viewing uh, of the, the the street fight. Uh, 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 you know, the dust up, the straightener rolling around on the floor. It's just not for me. Give me the class of boxing, if you will. That's just me personally. Don't get offended. However, I will give a big shout out to Clarissa Shields because she's a multiple belt holder female, boxing fighter, (laughs) boxing fighter, boxer, champion, and she's in her prime, right? And she's going into MMA in her prime. I actually really respect what she's trying to do. Trying to hold the belts at in, in, in boxing and MMA. Absolutely insane and mental feat when you think about it, isn't it? But you've got to show respect. I don't know much about her opponent, but the fact that her opponent gave her issues, she got her in the figure four Bret Hart, then done the tombstone on her, Sid Justice, Reza Ramon. You know, I don't know much MMA terms, but respect to her. And I also saw Michelle Joy Phelps. <laughs> right, Michelle. <laughs> oh, sorry. Michelle Joy Phelps. And she'd done, a, she'd done a tweet saying, you know, why people, I don't understand the hatred towards her. <laughs> now, <laughs> got to be honest, I'm honest with you guys, right? The first thing I thought was, it's because she's black. <laughs> the hating. It's just, listen, man, this is why I'm being honest. It's, she's black. The hating. <laughs> That's that's what I first thought, just being honest. But then in reality, she's she's a, she's a tough young lady, Clarissa. Um, not myself, but somebody on behalf of uh, seeking an interview uh, approached her, and she was extremely uh, short uh, in terms of temperament. One could say she's a hard groomed uh, um, um, mother. F. I'm sure she won't mind me saying. So I don't think it is all race. Some of it, of course it is. Yeah, some of it's race-based. But I just think a lot of it is people just trying to alter like to her, really. Me, personally, if you're going to go in there and do that at MMA, big shout-out to you. Enough respect, enough respect. And did you guys shed a little tear at the end of match room on Sky? Adam Smith's little face. Didn't you just want to squeeze his little cheekies? I used to have an issue with Adam Smith a long time ago. <laughs> I can't remember why now. I think he wrote something or said something. And then after meeting him, like I must have interviewed him about 20 times once we for IFL. He's a really nice guy. He's actually really nice. Really nice guy. And when Coogan interviewed him recently, good interview, by check, check that out. About the whole Sky Sports thing, I kind of felt a bit sorry for him. Then I thought, hold on, you feel sorry for him. I think he's all right, isn't he, really? Yeah. And then Milan went off at 4.30 in the morning to go to fucking work. So, oh, speaking of which, 
Topic of the week, the big bite. We are going to discuss, we are going to talk about how well is this boxer and top rank ting going to do for Sky Sports? Let's discuss it. Let's talk. But before that, oh, see, 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 see. <laughs> see, what I do, I like to get the tabs open so I'm just ready with certain things. And I don't want to, I could technically edit this out, couldn't I? Right? Because it's recorded live, but I could go back in. I don't like doing that, man. I like to keep it raw. I like to keep it funky, blood. You know how I get down. So let's talk about the fights for the weekend. Let's uh, do it, baby. Lewis Ritson, Ponce card. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. April Hunt, let's start at the beginning. April Hunter versus Claudia V. April 113, knocked out none, lost. No, she hasn't 113. That ain't right. She's done three, you plunker. I know that ain't right. <laughs> oh, dear. Somebody who's done this has done their information wrong. I'm looking at an official source here, and I've got this down wrong. Ah, see. She won three. Don't try and... The, the jig is up. Yeah, don't give me that. Lucky lucky I'm on it, not this crappy source I'm looking at. Get up against Claudia V. One three, knocked out two, lost 27, drawn one. So, Super World Awaits, April. A lot of excitement around her. Great talker. Really, really, um, she got good backing, Tony Bellew, all of that lot. It's, it's, it's all looking, it's all looking, uh, training with Savannah Marshall, big fan of Savannah, just love Savannah, she's great, great fighter. So it's all looking, it, it all should be coming up April Hunter, right? All looking like it's going to go in her direction. Let's start off. Claudia, she's straight off the bat trying to rush April in the first round, but April shows good nerve. She settles, slows the pace down. And in the second round, once Hunter's just, once she's uh, um, got enough time to measure the space between her and Claudia, those long, those long sort of stabs to the body and to the head start landing really well. Claudia was her in the second round. Uh, because in this third, she's not even looking to sort of jump on her like she did in the first, which makes me think she probably tasted a little bit of power early on and got become a lot more hesitant, kept the gloves up and then just started backing up, backing up. And that allowed April to whoo, take a breath and then start doing her thing offensively, kind of at will how she wanted to. Like I said, Claudia was just backing up, backing up. So she was allowing April to work on offensive approaches, like nice Nice um, ramrod straight hands. Kind of April did exactly what she needed to at this level. Nice, good, composed, good stuff over the four rounds. Yeah, she took some shots, but that's because she was looking for the offense. Go easy on her. Uh, that was a fourth fight. Uh, Sol, Sol, Sol. Sol is back. Sol Dacris is back. Sol Dacris versus Alvaro Toronto. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I put something in the water. I swear to God. I'm sorry. 
I'm just not with it. In fact, if they put soak in the water, let me have another sip of this. Whatever's in it. Oh, wow, wow, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Says it's on her spring on the back, so I don't know. Versus Alvaro. 1-3, knocked out. 3-1-5, knocked out. 3, lost 11, drawn 2. Heavyweights! Lot of, lot of hype on soul, man. So when the first round started, I had the same flipping concerns that I had in Soul's last fight. When he takes those shots and he's up high, the way he's rocking, I get a bit worried. He seems to like eat and roll with the over... Mm, roll. <laughs> like roll with the overhand shots. He does tuck away as the shots are coming in, uh, Soul, but it's just high, worryingly high for me. But what do I know? Clearly nothing. Uh, but with regards to his punches, nice crispy speed. Lovely to watch, especially in combination. In the third round, Tavaro is defending as best he can. The early wide swings have sort of decreased as that Chris starts sort of landing more shots. There's a couple strung together from Dakris and that causes the ref stoppage. I don't like those kind of stoppages in all honesty uh, in this third round. I understand what the ref is thinking. Like, no, oh, you, you you can't, you, you're not going to win, mate, are you? So rather than letting me allow you to have that chance, why not just stop it? And we just kind of like, all well, accept it, didn't we? Like us. Really? That was a, it's just a silly stoppage, really. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, so kind of um, held his arms up like, well, don't don't blame me. Regardless, right hand, left hook, close to show. Um, I've got a feeling that that casual, relaxed defense will make some fun fights for us fans, even if it might not be fun for Soul. Outside of that, for fight number two, good punch picking, relaxed, very cool performance. Just, I'm worried. Lower your head a little bit and watch out for the guard. Cyrus Patterson. Pattinson, sorry, going up against uh, the debut, going up against Yanko Markov, 1 4 knocked out, 2 lost 2. Super welterweights. Uh, Pattinson, Team GB are for six years. Good start. Markov's got a lot of high energy, a lot of high bouncing offense starting off, but Pattinson's punching in between Markov's attacks. His punches are short, they're nasty. It's good stuff. The golfing class in the second round is really present. Fast hands next to Markov's, like leaning lunges, just a different level. Pattinson, different level. Right hand drops Markov at first. Uh, the second shot is a right to the body. Uh, Patterson's just classy, effective, and he, he'll ease through these levels if he remains cool and calm and doesn't look too uh, doesn't get too eager looking for that stoppage, which we 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 don't suspect he will. Uh, a lot of good amateur schooling, a lot of excitement around Pattinson. So let's see. What happens on his pro journey? Alan Babich going up against Damian Chambers. Alan won six, knocked out six, lost none. Chambers won 11, knocked out seven, lost one. Heavyweights, although could be cruiserweights, however you want to look at it. Uh, Chambers, I believe, is the central, central area cruiserweight champion. Typical Babich, Babich first round. Just onslaught of punches, left hook, cracks Chambers. Bang, woof. Standing eight count, he's sort of like... Um, uh, it's not off balance. It cracks him, but it, it, it sends his whole body back. Rested round. It's just pure survival for Chambers. He's walloped several times. Second round, Chambers lands two tough jabs and off the back of that starts to find his feet in confidence and 
Has a good round. Babich is still sort of pressing the fight. Just like an onslaught of punches as Chambers is on the ropes. Mega, mega set of punches. Bang, 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 bang. You know, Chambers is sort of backed up. And then there's a shot. Chambers sort of just turns into it, doubling the damage, and boom, that's it. It's over. It's a... um can't remember if it's a right or a left from Babbage, which ends it. Sorry. But Chambers turns into it is my point, and that's it. Boom, it's done. Another stoppage. Another stoppage before the fourth round for Babbage. This is getting crazy. This is getting crazy. Babbage has got a hard, hard pace to try and keep up. And, um, you know, just when you think he may have blown himself out, like in the second round, I thought, oh, I see. Is he, is he stepping off the gas a little bit? No. <laughs> he still continues to push forward. So, as I said at the beginning, in the mailbag, we do have a specific question about Alan Babich. So, we go into a little bit more detail there in Wingy's bag. Thomas Patrick Ward versus Eddie Valencia Masado. Ward, 129, knocked out four, lost on draw one. Masado, 117, knocked out five, lost five, drawn six. This is up at featherweight for Ward. First two rounds, very focused, good work, in and out, no messing. It's, it's really, um, it's just one step ahead of uh, Masado or all, all, all throughout the fight from like round three to like round, round six when there's a knockdown called when Ward sort of gets knocked back, but it's more like a grazing shot. He wasn't hurt or wobbled. It was. Uh, it's just all been about Ward's movement, evasion with bursts of offense. Uh, Masado Valencia in in the seventh round is working well inside, and that's the first real consistent success, closing the gap. But you know, Ward is still tricky. Lots of footwork. End of the twelfth, all Ward. Just to focus, stick to the game plan type of performance. Valencia just heavier on his feet. More flat-footed, so couldn't really catch Ward enough. Good job from Ward. Jesus. Have I guzzled the whole bottle? Like a bloody puffer fish. Someone said that once. You've got a head like a puffer fish. Thanks. I'm just distracting myself from the inevitable. Lewis Ritson, 121, knocked out 12, lost one. Got up against Jeremiah's Ponce, A. 127, knocked out 17, lost none. Good record, isn't it? He might be all right, this guy. Both start well, but Ritson is caught in the first, so they don't really start well, both of them really, do they? Not Ritson. It's a body shot, and he tucks up, does see the round up, but it lands. And it seems that the, quote, blueprint, end quote, for a lot of fighters against Ritson is going to be going for that body. In the second round, Ritson looks okay. He's still getting pushed back by the grueling inside constant work from Ponce, but Ritson is tagged with an inside uppercut combination. Like Ritson's head's just snapping back. He can't seem to match the pace inside as, as the fight's going on. Going into the six, I just prefer the work inside from Ponce, who's pushing Ritson back. And, you know, I've got to stop saying, you know, as well. That reminds me of um, Stephen Espinosa says that a lot. You know, 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 you know. It's just me short-circuiting. Bad, bad, bad podcast form. But anyway, 
it's almost like it's almost like Ponce is able to choose his punches on the inside as Lewis is leaning away. So if you go back and watch the fight, you'll see Lewis dip his head, doing this unusual rolling, almost like shoulder rolling to try and roll punches. But in doing so, there's nothing coming back. He's not. It's not like he's dipping low and then throwing something cut in the middle. Lewis is just leaning away. And that's giving Ponce plenty of time to just almost hold Ritson's head and just see what I want to do in here. I'm just going to punch however I want in here. Do you know what I'm saying? Eighth round, and that, that was happening quite a lot throughout the fight. Eighth round, Ritson looks just dejected and he's getting swarmed and suffocated by Ponce's continual onslaught. It's not even a breather. And that's the same in the ninth round. Ponce drops Ritson to the te- in the tenth body shot. And here's the weird part. So the towel gets thrown in. Steve Gray sees it and ignores it. Now, I'll be honest. I thought Steve Gray was wrong to do that. I always think a referee's wrong to do that. And I have seen it done once before, but I can't remember what fight. I always think a referee's wrong to do that. But I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like, I can't believe it. Why did you let it go? Because I understand the rules. I think a lot of people didn't understand. And that's fine. I don't know everything about boxing, right? So I think a lot of people that didn't understand the rules, had an outrage, and then found out that the referee can actually... It's actually the referee that decides that. A lot of people, and fair enough for them thinking that, because that's what we've seen over the years, a lot of people assume once the towel gets thrown in, then it's automatically waved off. Not That doesn't have to be the case. It's just a courtesy, isn't it? Um, I guess it's the same sort of thing as touching gloves at the start of the 12th. It's a courtesy, but I guess it doesn't have to be the case, does it? I don't know. I don't know. Regardless, it was uh, wrong from Steve Gray. Yeah, it was wrong because Ritson was getting hurt and was getting beaten up throughout the round, uh, throughout the fight. If, if we're being harsh, I think if Ritson wasn't and then randomly the towel gets thrown in as soon as Ritson's hurt once, yeah, if Gray threw the towel out, I'd understand that. I just think it was an off night. He had a bad one. Normally, Steve Gray's a decent ref. I can't remember having an issue with him. He was letting them work on the inside, which is beneficial for Ponce. He was letting them work on the inside. So, yeah, I just think it was a bad night. Yes, he should be scolded, reprimanded. I'm sure he'll get a slap on the wrist. Well, that sounds a bit wimpy, but you know what I mean? I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll have a talking to. But for me, it was, a, it was a night, it was a bad night. We all have them. As long as he knows it was, and then we move on. Let's not make that the story. The effing fight he says talking about it for eight hundred five thousand twenty-two minutes. Ritson was just dropped. It, it, you know, like I said, the first shot was that right to the body, and then um, the final barrage of blows just folds Ritson, and then the referee waves off. Ritson, it just. It's almost like he's lost something along the way, Ritson, in his career. And without that power, without that power always there to rely to 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 to, to fall back on. I don't know, it's it's a bit. And he also is lacking he sort of lacks movement, which isn't such an issue with the I mean upper body movement, which isn't such an issue with the KO power puncher. But with without that KO power punch. You can't get Ponce's respect while you're always taking shots. Yes, he was rolling shots, but it was slow. He's dipping really low. Ponce, which is too relentless, just a better fighter. 
I don't think it's a case of it being over for Ritson. <laughs> like, you know, he's had, what, two losses. Let's not be ridiculous. He brings a crowd. He's a good fighter, Ritson. Throws good punches. Just might need to switch up technically. Ch- chuck him in with Shane McGuigan. Let's see. Has he reached his level? At the moment, yeah, he has. But it doesn't mean he can't surpass that in the future, depending on where he goes and what he chooses to do with his uh, career. Okie dokie. Let's talk about... Should we do the Shakur Stevenson versus... Excuse me. Versus the Nakthala card. We shall do it. We And then after that, we'll do a little bit of the old fighty zoney. What I'm going to do here is just quickly investigate something. Just call me, uh, how you say, Inspector Gadget. What is this podcast? Sorry. Jose Pedraza. No, no, I'm just I'm just thinking of saying, right? Let me think. Jose Pedraza. I don't have I, I don't have five or six people on the panel to bounce off while I'm doing stuff. It's all off my dome. Jose Pedraza, 128, knocked out 13, lost three. Going up against Julian Rodriguez, 121, knocked out 14, lost none. This is, of course, on the undercard of Shakur Stevenson versus Nakathala. So three rounds in, Pedraza's boxing really well. Hard to read, hard to sort of, you know, oh, I'll say that again. I've got to stop saying that. Hard to read movements in and out, land into the body. And you get that feeling that, <laughs> that, no, sorry. You just kind of think that Rodriguez's team were like, oh, fuck. Christ. Why is he boxing well for fuck's sake? This Pedraza. Rodriguez is just he's just he's just falling short. Um in the fourth round, Pedraza's holding his feet a lot more, starting to really take command with the long jab. But Rodriguez is missing and out of range. In the sixth round, it, like Rodriguez is sort of punching in between Pedraza's bouncing and having a bit more success than the previous rounds. Pedraza's landing short, counter uppercut, spinning out, lots of boxing, subtle movement. It's just smart stuff. It's just nice stuff. At the end of round eight, Rodriguez retires in the corner, saying that he can't see. I think Pedraza was really locked into his zone tonight. Just footwork and great boxing. All working towards a beautiful, smooth unison of punches, of evasion, of too much for Rodriguez. It just all blended, I guess, is what the words I'm looking for. Pedraza just brought all the tools and it was just all too much. Like Rodriguez was just out of range, swinging, just didn't didn't look, didn't look right and kind of wanted out. Uh, and said it was his eye. Then again, we can't say, I don't know, socket might have been broken. Apparently it was swelling badly. Haven't checked. Regardless, Pedraza got the win. Now there was loads of fights in the undercard, so there's me sitting back thinking, oh, let me get out of my pot of blueberries and, and put my feet up. Looking forward to the undercard. Now the Sky's got top rank fights. 
Well, all the undercard was cut off beside that last one. Bit disappointing. I thought we was going to get the, a few more undercard fights at the very least. Regardless, we've got the Shackles Stevenson, which is one we were... Well, I don't know. Well, look, I know that was the one we wanted, but I, I like to see all of them. Anyway, Shackles Stevenson, 115. Not to, just saying, Sky, if you want tips, come to me. Wing your email.com. I'll give you tips on how to... Shackle Stevenson, 115, not to eight, lost none. Got up against Jeremiah Nakathelia. 121, knocked out seven. Draw one, a vacant WBO interim super featherweight title. Ultra cautious start from both in the first round. Jeremiah's thinking about things early, which is a good start, I think. I'm like, all right. He's not, he's not wading in there. He's trying to just feel him out. Cool. Except this happens for the next 12 rounds. Stevenson's ever so slowly edging forward with that cautious left hand, which is pretty much the story of the entire fight. In the fourth round, Jeremiah gets sort of clipped with a right hand. Knee touches down and Shakur's showing sensible respect for Jeremiah, patient. In the fifth, Jeremiah's throwing single shots, but he's out of range. And the fact that he's not following up, like he'll throw one risky shot back out, but that's not enough. It, it, when he does that, Stevenson's like, okay, I'm going to carry on, sit back and keep pace, keep fighting at this pace at this round if you're not going to follow up and give me any pressure. Um, end of the six, I, 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 might be because I'm tired. I've stayed up late. I get a bit frustrated. I just want to see Stevenson start to just up the gears, man. Then I'm thinking... Jeremiah must be better than the, the videos that I've seen because he's given him proper respect. Now, in the seventh, you're looking at Jeremiah and you can see the entire issue. He's out of range for mu- pretty much most of the fight. Long, f- throwing like long wings and no pun intended. Stevenson is just too savvy defensively to go in there and throw winging shots. He's just a little bit wingy, you know? He's boxing at Stevenson's pace. No struggle for Stevenson. You know, said it again. Got to keep saying it. Lines shackle up for a shot at Herring. This does. So I can understand why, you know, shackle Stevenson. The more I say it, more trying to be nuts. I can understand why shackle Stevenson is... Boxing cautiously. I just, I, I just guess I want. There's a lot of people. Come on, man. Adam Smith would be sitting there with a glass of cold milk, thinking, "Oh, for goodness' sakes, we want people to be. We, we told people to stay up for this." And then Shackle, I'm gonna do the defensive thing, Stevens. I, I get it. The win's a win. And it was 120, 107, so I shouldn't sit and moan. But all Stevenson was doing was just looking for that counter left hand the whole fight. And he's now Jamel Herring's mandatory. And had some kind of um, unfriendly things to say to uh, Jamel, which we will discuss and talk about. Um, We will discuss and talk about the unfriendly things. In the news section... Right, let's get to the fight zone stuff. We will <clears throat> blast through this ting. 
undercard wasn't working. The app wasn't working, so I missed the first actual fight. Uh, not good. And also, on the replay of this, I'm going to mention this before I forget it, on the replay of this, because I didn't watch it at the... T- well, I watched some of it at the time, then I had to go to work, then I watched the rest of it the next day, so the Saturday morning. On that replay, but half of the last rounds cut out of the fight, of the, the final fight. So I had to go on Boxrec to see who won it. Can I have my free P refunded for that little bit that I missed? Right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Right. Uh, Yes, so I tuned in. I missed the first fight, so to speak. Andy Owen versus Ryan Hibbert. It's Owen's debut, Cruiserweight. Ryan won one, knocked out nine, lost 10. Not much to read from the first round. Just letting the uppercut go through Hibbert's guard, uh, Owen was. Just easing the jab. Good focus on inside work from... Uh, good uh, good focus from inside work, uh, on inside work from Owen. Ripping the body and head, uppercuts. No jab, just wanting to really leave no space and sort of push Hibbert back. Uh, Hibbert's nose is gone. Blood, bloody end of the second round. Hibbert's corner pulls him out. Good debut win. You know, I wish him the best. Former frontline worker, NHS. Punches and offense was tidy. The basics look good. You just can't argue with that kind of debut win. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. And of course, a special um, shout out for him being an NHS frontline worker. We respect and salute you, sir. Thank you. Sean Fennell versus Jamie Quinn. <clears throat> Featherweights. Sean, 1 7, knocked out none, lost two. Going up against Jamie Quinn, 1 7, knocked out none, lost 108. Second round, let's just go, go to the second round. I like Fennell, especially when he gives himself space and almost stabs the long shots on the, on, uh, uh, on the outside. Body and head, long, slippery work. Fennell starts off just, he, he just kind of doing this thing. In the fourth round, he's pushing in good punches. It's a good strategy, sort of takes Quinn out of his defensive rhythm. Fennel then settles back into the long sniping shots. Quinn's very, he's very comfortable in there with the gloves up. If, if Fennel steps it up, I kind of get the impression that Quinn would sort of retract too. Is um. You know, I, 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 I think if Fennel steps it up, I, I think, not retract, it's not the right word. I actually think Quinn would step forward, I guess is what I was trying to say. In other words, there's almost like an agreement at the moment where Quinn's sort of like humble and calm with the prospect. But every time Fennel does step up, Quinn's like, oh, oh all right, all right. And then, and then he, you, you see him uh, get a little bit fired up. But it ended up being the standard win for Fennel who seemed to have like loads of tools, easy upper body movement. So yeah, the fight was fought in a manner to kind of accept that Quinn was there for the six rounds instead of Fennel really going for the kill, which is cool. Wickham King going up against Louis Van Pooch. King 1-1, knocked out and lost none, going up against Pooch 1-9, knocked out two, lost 124. 
<laughs> Great win, walk, ring walk, by the way. If you've seen, I've, I've seen, um, I've seen Louis live. Uh, I've been ringside <laughs> as his fights. He, um, he's like a character. Well, he's not like a character. He is a character loved, loved by, loved by pretty much everyone I've spoke to about him. And, you know, <laughs> he goes in there, does his thing. <laughs> it's just a ring walk. It was class. I enjoyed it. Now for the boxing. King, uh, he, he, he's got a good cultured boxing shape. You can see he's working Pooch's midsection nicely. It's all going to plan. He's focused, not smothering his work, placing each shot with thought. Looks tidy. Third round, King is sort of teasing the feint and flicking the shoulder out, but because Poochie won't come close to letting that guard down. It's hard for King's good punch variety to be effective. In the fourth round, King drops Poochie with a lovely straight. Poochie does make it back up. I think if he's got somebody who's giving him real problems and really going at him, you're going to see him, you're going to see him flourish. As it was, he still dropped a tough, tough away fighter. Punches were solid, heavy set manner to his shots. It was all, it was, it was all jiggy. Went in there, looked as good as he could. Long time off as well, I believe. Uh, long layoff, as is the case for a lot of these fighters. Stanley Stannard going up against Gennady Krajewskiv. Middleweights, Stanley one three knocked out one. Gennady uh, lost thirteen. Stannard is moving well. Good twitchy head movement. He's trying to draw Gennady out, who's all defence and grabbing up close. At the end of the fourth, Stannard is doing all he can, really. I mean, he tried to body attack, but, but you know, Krajewski is just covering up. And all the technique from Stannard looks educated, especially the evasion, good quick upper body uh, movement, good head movement out of the way. Ref called it off. Uh, premature stoppage, yeah, but not not Stannard's fault. I like Stannard's overall tool set. I, I think he'll be tricky for a lot of his opponents. In all fairness, Derek Asaze going up against Tyler Denny again. This is one that I thought was going to be the headliner, or was the headliner. Unusual that it wasn't, but it wasn't. Fair enough. Derek Asaze one ten knocked out two lost none. Going up against Tyler Denny one twelve knocked out none lost two drawn. So the first, like, one and a half rounds, Asazi was bossing. Good offense, wide, awkward punches, backing Denny up. And then midway through the second, a long leap in left sort of changes the whole rhythm of the round from Denny. In the third, sensible hesitance from Asazi. Denny's really slowing things down now, boxing well. Asazi no longer as confident coming in. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. I think Denny's muscle memory like the hit roll under all starts to click. But Asaze is applying that pressure again uh, in the fourth round at the end of the six, I've got it closer than the commentators, but I do edge to Denny who has really sort of broke through with just better placed, better placed shots as, a, as opposed to Asaze's slightly more uh, mauling type of offense, which is fine. It's, it's fun to watch. 
but I just think Daniel was boxing a bit better. It's a great fight. It's a really good fight. Asaze needs Denny on the ropes, I noticed, or, or backed up to be really effective. Denny can work and box more effectively at anywhere in the ring, as opposed to Asaze, who needs him sort of crunched and backed up, in my opinion. Point taken in the 10th round as Asaze gets, gets a bit of the elbow shoving, mauling, and uh, yeah, Denny kept his call throughout the fight. 96, 93, my card, and I think it was 97, 93 on uh, a ref's card. So it's all good. It's all good. Right. Final fight, final fight zone fight. Matt Windle going up against Neil McCubbin. Commonwealth light flyweight final eliminator. Windle one three, knocked out nine, lost three, drawn one. Going up against McCubbin, one five, knocked out one. Straight away, you can see good matchmaking here. Both these guys are going at it, but the, 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 they, they're almost like they mirror each other. The styles, just both throwing fast, buzzing punches. Windle seems to be landing the harder shots. In the fourth round, McCubbin sort of reading Windle's body movement a lot better, able to land some clean left hooks. His work is looking more accurate. And the left body hook drops McCubbin. In the fifth, McCubbin is sort of doing really well. I think in, I think in, in the sixth round, McCubbin is recovered. But I can't describe. They're both sort of giving themselves just enough space on the inside to work. So he, he, he in the fifth, in the sixth, sorry, McCubbin has recovered, but it's they're still both landing. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And good night for McCubbin. Good sort of digs to Windle's body, left hands. Just an injection of urgency from McCubbin. You know, it's just a great fight going into the eleventh. As I said from the first round, great matchmaking. You know, they're almost, they're, it's almost back-to-back styles, as in, like, like I said, a mirror. I'd say Windle was probably the slightly harder hitter. And that's not just because of the knockdown. You could almost see it early on. Just looked a bit more, to take control of things with his punching. But it was a really good fight. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Couldn't score the last round as Fight Zone app. Cut it off! So I was watching it on a replay. But after 11 rounds, I had it 106, 103 to Windle. And then I checked up on BoxRec and saw that he won by UD. All right. And there was the Barrera versus Jesus Soto Carras exhibition, which I mean, we don't know who won, do we? Really don't know who won because obviously it was an exhibition. Nobody got knocked out, I believe. And there was no head guards as well. Six round exhibition. Yeah, nobody got knocked out. Nobody won. So, yeah, I didn't watch it. I was trying to read a report, <laughs> trying to read some kind of report on it. But even the person who was writing that report didn't seem interested, which is probably testament to the bloody fight. Topic of the week, the big bite. Why top rank and boxer... as in not one boxer, you know, the promotional company, are good for Sky. I think this is going to be better than a lot of you cynics. Uh, 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 uh. I, think, I think it's going to be good for Sky. Why? Well, that's the big bite, isn't it? Topic of the week. Stand by. 
play the music, sit down and listen. Cheers, mate. Topic of the week, i.e. the big bite. Going to stop calling it topic of the week. You know it's the big bite by now, didn't you? I'm going to call it topic of the week next week. You watch. Why top rank and box are good for Sky? So for those of you who don't know, Matt Shroom had a beautiful relationship with Sky. Adam Smith, Eddie Ann, walking down the street, arm in arm. Yeah. Memories press between the pages of my heart. Skipping. Lovely. And it was a good relationship. I remember the early years, Eddie Yearn. Look at me, look at me. Going to Sky. There was a point when Eddie Helm was probably battling, the, well, he was battling against the other promoters to try and get those Sky slots. You, 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 you youngsters didn't even know that. Some of you weren't even born. But then Eddie was like, Do you know what? This the zone. Ching a ling a wing a winger. <laughs> and. Signed the, is it four or five year deal with Design? I can't remember now. So much money going around, I can't remember. So that left Sky and, um, you know, Adam Smith, you could say, in a, in a, in a, with a bit of a predicament, people want to know how they would fill the void in boxing. Well, they didn't hang around, which is good to see. And of course, this would have been in place. These sort of deals would have been in place a long time. Like Eddie would have told them, they would have known like um, long before we did, obviously. So how was Sky going to fill that gap? See, I'm excited for new beginnings like this. This sort of thing, I get excited. You saw me with Fight Zone, bouncing up and down excited. Has it panned out? Yes. Although the app cut off me fight, which I'll keep going on about. So I like the new beginnings like this. Remember Eddie starting with Audley Harrison, then Frotch? Now look, he he doesn't even answer me calls. Those WhatsApp ticks stay grey, motherfucker. I'll get you, Eddie. <laughs> but do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 when he first started off, it happens. And it's going to be the same with this boxer promoter. Gets so going to be so confusing saying that. Boxer with two X's. It's the name. Of, when I say boxer, I think matchroom, for those of you who don't know. That, that's what Sky are doing. They've replaced the promotional outfit. It's not boxer, a boxer. It's boxer. But I've seen the comments. I've, I've, I've been able to look around, seeing what people are saying, trying to get the rub of the green. And a lot of people are like, we're not going to load. <laughs> we're not going to load these fighters are. It's going to be shit. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Everything's got to start off somewhere. Boxing fans, we're funny. We're a funny breed. I don't expect people to know the fighters. It's building it up. They've got to make the stars. Perfect example, right? Think about it like this, yeah? And Alan Babich, before the Tom Little fight, very few knew who he was. Like, on the mainstream kind of level, I'd say. Maybe a few fights before that. Now, he had the Dillian White link up, which obviously helped. But do you understand what I'm saying? Now look at him. He's a really big cult name. He's a f- very, very exciting. And he is a potential, if not already, star. Do you know what I'm saying? In the making. Risky style. We don't know how long the style's going to last. Again, we talk about that in the, in the mailbag. But do you understand what I mean? So that's all boxer needs to do, really. 
not find the Alan Babbage, but build somebody. And don't forget, with the Sky platform, they're going to have the documentaries. They're going to be talking about them. They're going to be doing little hit pieces on them. These fighters, which this boxer promoter company has. So, you know, you know. and for those of you who don't know, boxer are the guys who've done Ultimate Boxer as well. I think it's, I mean, it's going to be impossible to have a stable that matches Matchroom before they've even done their first Sky show, right? But like I said, they're done well with Ultimate Boxer. And Sky will push it. Like I said, documentaries, stories, give it time. Adam Smith seemed hungry in that Coogan interview. If I was sitting there with a triple cheeseburger, I wouldn't trust it around Adam Smith's nose. He was hungry as a mofo, isn't it? Passionate. Even, you know, even, if behind, even, even if behind those sweet glistening eyes, he was weeping. He seemed passionate. And the top rank thing, I mean, if you're a Sky subscriber, there shouldn't be any complaints. Stop. There shouldn't be any complaints you're in, really, should there? It's boxing. You're going to be getting more of it. Now, if you're not, that's when things become interesting. I'm not a Scott saying that. I'm a Sky subscriber, but we really need to cancel it. I've mentioned this before. We don't watch it. What do we watch? Peppa Pig, if my son happens to be up there. And now that I've, now that I've given them my old Google Chromecast, which I did have from a Stadia, which I don't bloody use anymore, obviously, I've stuffed that up there now. So they've got that. They've got like um, in a TV upstairs in the main room. So my son just watches Disney. So for somebody like me, who doesn't actually watch Sky, it's a bit different. But if you're a Sky subscriber, you can't, you can't even moan about the fights in the night. Oh, I don't want to start late to watch the fight. Set your planner. Welcome to 2021, yeah? Hard drives in your Skybox. Have you heard of high definition? Do you know what I mean? Set your planner, record it. And then you've got Inoue, Loma, Terence Crawford, Tiffy, my Lopez, Josh Taylor. Better be of top rank, isn't he? And that would mean Joe Smith is as well, I believe, right? So there's fights there. It's good. It's good for Sky. It really is. It's just strange how it's perceived as bad. Only as, bo- only as I don't know. Only as boxing fans could think, oh, top rank, lol, lol, top rank. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too old for this shit. I don't know. It's just strange how it's perceived as bad. Yes, only the hardcore will set their alarms to watch Shekel Stevenson fight, like I did. Yes, I could have watched it in the morning, but I wanted to watch it live. Then, after watching it live, probably thought, should I watch that in the morning? But you know what I mean? But, yeah, for me, it's a bit different because I'm paying for these not, I'm paying for these day passes. It's not like, oh, I'm too, oh, I'm holier than now for, for not streaming. No, I don't necessarily want Russian porn popping up while I'm having a look at stuff, closing a hundred, closing a hundred screens and seeing mad racists in the chat section. Even if you close it down, absolute crazy Nazis. <laughs> it's like this frick me. It ru- ruins your mood. Hardcore racism kind of ruins your mood a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily want to watch stuff in stream. So for me with this Sky stuff, especially if Boxer are doing weekly shows, then I'm going to have to pay the, the £9 thing, but out, you know, the £9 day pass. But outside of that, I think it's good for Sky. I think it's good. I don't get the moaning. And John Wishishan, formerly head of boxing and matchroom sport, 
20 years of bloody boxing experience that nut has got. Look, they're not paying me. I just think it's quite exciting. But I'm not a Sky subscriber, so it's probably, all it means for me is more money or really, really bad streams, which, of course, I don't do. If there's weekly fights, it might be worth it. Cool. Right, let's move on. I spent a bit of long time babbling on about that, longer than I expected to. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, email me, wingy at email.com. Or leave your comments in the group about this particular subject. How do you think Sky's going to do with this for me? I think they're going to be all right. Right, let's get to Wingy's bag and let's kind of get through it a bit quick. It's been ages jabbling there. Let's go. Wingy's bag! What up? I had a Wingy's bag last couple of shows because there was loads of cards on the last one and I didn't want things to go over. Um... And I think I've, sometimes I forget to even put it up. So we've got a couple of questions here. Alex, uh, by the way, if you want to leave your question in Wingy's bag, email me wingy at email.com or Facebook uh, Wingy Boxing in the group or on my official podcast page. Just leave a question, say you want it in Wingy's bag, and then we'll put you in if you've got a good enough question or if you're at a certain tier on Patreon, it's guaranteed. Right, anyway, Alex, Alex C, can Alan Babich beat a top 15 heavyweight? Let's be honest, we don't know, right? If I was to guess, I think so. I'm very, very concerned about how effective that style is going to be when he comes across the first person who actually manages to go past three rounds. And and not just go past three rounds, but goes past three rounds and has a cool head. So they can keep Babich off with long shots, and then let's see what happens. Now, when I interviewed... um, When I interviewed Alan... Babich. It was a really good interview, actually, like really in depth. I did ask him about long shots, and he mentioned, um, "Did he fight Hergovic in the amateurs?" I can't remember. I don't know if my brain's. Let me just have a look at something. I don't know if he did or not. Sorry, because I remember. Yes, yes, yes. That yeah, they've got that rivalry, haven't they? So I, I couldn't remember. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you forget. Regardless, I remember him saying to me, Alec, um, oh, I've already faced a, a long boxer. I've already faced j- someone's going to jab me and I still destroyed him. So he's confident of that. But yeah, for me, a top 15, like even, so let's say Charles Martin or even a Povetkin at this stage, up to me, he's going to give him hell, don't you think? So top 15, yes. Above that, then we've got to start relaxing, not getting too overexcited. It's interesting because he's a small, he's a small heavyweight. So he might have a bit more in the tank against certain bigger guys. Therefore, may be able to keep that high energy style up, but he is only human. Round six and seven will, will be the tells. They're the rounds that we're going to get, get to know really what, what it's about. It's just, it's just so early. And we've seen this before. It's fun to be in the middle uh, now, of the ride and witness the excitement. Oh, he's fucking, look, he's knocking him out. He's knocking, you know, knocking them all out. But you get old and cynical, so you have to be realistic. But top 15, yes, I think so. And I'll ask you a question. At this stage, there's a few more I'd like to put him in with. I'd like to, do you know what? This sounds really crazy. And it is too early for this type of fight. But if he was to fight anybody, wouldn't you like to see him against an Ariola? He's only had seven fights, you fucking idiot. I know 
But wouldn't you like to see him against an Areola? You know Areola's not going to back down for after three rounds. He's got a chin. Then we'll see. Let's make that fight. Kebab promotions, I'd make that fight. I'd make that fight. And you can't bully Areola. It is excessive. He's only had seven pro fights. I understand that. But you did ask me. Right, Scott. Oh, God, we're going on ages here, aren't we? Oh, my Lord. We've gone over an hour already. Right, you're going into bonus. What been, do you know why I've been talking so much? I normally put a little timer in the top left of the screen. I forgot to do it this week, <laughs> as you can tell. So I can keep, normally keep it an hour. I apologise. We're going into bonus. We'll try and get through the rest of this quickly. Scott A.H. What's going on, Scott? Thank you for all your support, brother. I really appreciate you, man, still sticking with me. Do we overhype British prospects or are we unrealistic with expectations? Yes and yes. One issue is when they're big names, uh, or should I say when their fathers have big names, that's an issue because the early fights are under the spotlight. So we tend to be disappointed if they don't perform as we'd expect on a big stage, like Campbell Hatton early on. But then look at Conor Ben, uh, Conor ben that served him well. So yeah, we do sort of overhype them our prospects, but a lot of that is also patriotism, right? So we all get giddy over a knockout artist or or a technical wizard early on. We all do it. And I used to do it. But for me, I've sort of tried to calm down a little bit now. And also losses mean zilch to me. Yeah, if, if, you, if you're really la- like racking up losses early, okay, that's an issue, but... And there's another route in boxing for you if that's the case. But those days of a perfect record, all all of that kind of stuff, it encourages poor fights, doesn't it? Like if you think of Bentley versus Cash, for example, uh, Scott, maybe just maybe they're just above prospects. But that was a great fight. And has Bentley's stock dropped? Not really. You know, to a true fan, to to a true fan, it's a loss. Move on. So, yeah, we do put high expectations on these fighters. And we're unrealistic at times because we complain about... We complain if, if, if a prospect is put in there with somebody who is a, uh, quote, knockover job. Let's let's talk about Tommy Fury. How many people do you hear mocking Tommy Fury because, oh, look how many, look how many his, 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 uh, fights his opponents have lost? So we moan when there's build-up fights. But then if Tommy Fury gets put into a good fight and gets beat, I guarantee you people would moan and say, cool, what's Frank done with his career? I can't believe it. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) It's a hard question to answer. Yes, we do overhype them, but that's to be expected. But as you get older, you get a bit more grounded. Like the boxing fangs among us are older and grizzled. We're a bit beyond that now. Although Although we do still get excited. And are we unrealistic with our expectations? So it depends on the fighter. The more prominent their name is, the more the the the, the bigger their aura is, then we start to get unrealistic. Whereas if they're just a prospect who's kind of doing their thing in the background, then we don't really make too much of a fuss if they fight a certain level of opponent. So it's unfair, really. The bigger the name, the more harsh we are on them. And that is me going on it. Uh, do you know what? I've got, definitely got to bring this timer back next show. Oh, my goodness, mate. Right, let's get to the news quickly. Right, Joshua versus Usyk. Apparently, it's all good. 
<laughs> blood. I don't know. It's madness, really, isn't it? Just madness. Now, Joshua versus Usyk. Finalising contracts for September the 25th. Need to cancel my holiday because I booked it for August because I hope we're going to, you know what I'm saying? Looks like it's going to happen. <clears throat> He's going to duck Joshua. He's going to swerve. When Eddie Hearn's talking about it, we don't, we don't, we know, we're not afraid to give up the belt. I said, I'm not happy with you, Eddie. Make sure you don't. Listen. And he didn't give up the belt. Great fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. Finalised. Well, finalising for September the 25th. I just laughed at the beginning because finalising. We're almost there. <laughs> just around the corner. Yeah, let's just. Yeah, we've heard that before. Matching joined forces with Canelo and Eddie Reynoso to stage Mexican fights. Eddie's like, Canelo's like, um, Eddie, I kind of want you to um, juggle balls on the unicycle, please. Eddie's like, okay. Regardless, it means more fights for us. It's all going to be shown on design. I'll be there watching it. And you know those Mexicans can fight. Stereotypes are hoy in it. They can fight, but they can fight. Tiafimo Lopez won't fight Devin Haney next, according to Bob Arum. Oh, why, Bob Arum? Stop it. Just. Arum says it's too complicated to put a fight together between WBC lightweight champion Haney and IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO. Champ Tiafimo right now in 2021. Bob states that he already had a conversation with Tiafimo's manager, David, about the next fight. It's too complicated. <sighs> Some would say that it's, um, you know, why is he mentioning Haney all the time? Is it to push the fight coming up, I guess? But I don't know, man. I know it's not. It's not too complicated. Jesus, give it to me. I'll do it. I'll sort it out. Regardless, that's a fight we want to see. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Aram is open to Lomachenko versus Devin Haney in December. If no Tiafimo Lopez uh, and Lomachenko too, that's a fight I like. Let's see if that happens. Would Haney take that fight? I can't see why not. Just don't go in there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a better job than Tio. And then look what happens. It's not, Lomachenko's not someone you can do a better job on, is it? He, he, it, oh, it's a good fight. I hope, I hope they make it. Shakur Stevens says, says it's going to be a massacre when I fight Herring. I'm going to torture him. That's rude. Tyson Fury's not confident that Joshua beats Usyk. None of us are. Are we? Do you know what? Let me take that back. Some of us are. Big shout out to Joe Habib. When I uh, interviewed him on a podcast a few weeks ago, he was like, Joshua in six. Oh my bloody hell. We're going to talk about that more in detail as the fight gets closer, obviously. Um, yeah, there was a fight between, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it. This NBA star, 
who weighed like almost 70 pounds more than some pop singer. Oh no, let's not. Oh god, I've said it, I've said it now, haven't I? Right, let's um well boxing news, shout out to them, Phil J. Please read the whole article. Aaron Carter, who weighed 175 who weighed 175 pounds, went going up against Lamar Odom, who weighed 239 pounds. Carter was six foot, Lamar Odom was six foot ten. Celebrity boxing. It's actually called celebrity boxing as well. What the f- excuse the language. If you've got kids there, you know what's coming. What the fuck is this shit? I pl- uh, let's mute that quick. Right, so I'm watching this now. So Lamar Odom is laying a shot to the body, shot to the head, banging this little kid around, knocks him down. He's not even landing hard shots and he shakes his head when he goes down. Let's stop this. I can't watch this. This is where boxing's going. Unless we unless we start doing something, people demanding better fights, this is where boxing is going. Please don't do this. Listen, Eddie, you said you was going to save it. Save boxing! And Dillian White, possible fight in December in the US. Let's hope so. Shout out to Boxing News 24. Eddie wants to get WBC interim heavyweight champion Dillian White back in action in September in the US. So do we. We want to see Dillian White. I had a meeting with his team on Monday and we're looking at opponents, really. Eddie said to IFL, there are opportunities for him. I like him to fight in the US and there's a couple of fights. I think you'll see him out in September. Loads of names that are being thrown out there. That Trevor. Not Trevor from uh, GTA 5, you stupid idiot. So let's see what happens with the uh, Dillian Wilder. See? Don't all look the same. Let's race it. Somebody tagged me and said, uh, didn't I use a chef wingy? There's a black guy with a beard cooking. Bit racist. Next weekend's fights. Let's get to them. We've gone overboard here. I'm so sorry. June the 19th. No, you're in your way. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? Good one, Sky. I quite like that, using that song with Inuit the monster. Because his middle name's Monster and you're going to... Brilliant stuff. Going up against Michael Dasamalinas. 12 rounds for Inuit's IBF and WBA Bantamweight titles. You've also got Mikia Mayer going up against Erica Farias for Mayer's WBA Women's Junior Lightweight title. And Adam Lopez and Isaac Dogbo. Isaac is back, boy! Tifimo Lopez can I be good? Sorry, I'm having fun. Never apologise for having fun. Tifimo Lopez going up against George Cambosis Jr. 12th round for Lopez's WBO, WBA and IBF lightweight titles. Shout out to Tifimo Lopez. Great fight. I look forward to that fight. You've also got some stuff on the undercard there as well including Franchon Chuzdezam going up against Elin Canaderus. 10 rounds for Cruz Derons, WBC, WBO's women's super middleweight titles. You've got Michael Hunter versus Mike Wilson, William Monroe Jr. versus Juan D'Angelo, and several other opponents there as well on... T- oh, all of this is on Triller, by the way. Thriller. 
And on Showtime, Jamal Charlo going up against Juan Macias Montiel. 12 round for Charlo's WBC middleweight title. Showtime do actually have a good run of fights at the moment and fights coming up. I like their schedule. Um, this one, perhaps, well, I don't know, but it, it, it's, at least we get to see Charlo. Are you going to stay up and watch it? Yeah. Go on, do it. Do it. Live life on the edge. And there's some other fights on the undercard, of course. And Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Club against Anderson Silva, 10 rounds cruiserweights. All I know about Anderson Silva is that it was really good in MMA and he snapped his leg backwards. That's literally all I know. Um, don't watch MMA. However, it should be interesting. Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. versus Hector Camacho is also on. This is getting out of hand. Not Hector Camacho, obviously, sorry. Hector Camacho Jr. I didn't finish my sentence. This is getting out of hand. Six rounds middleweight exhibition, for fuck's sakes. This is getting out of hand. And loads of fights on the undercard as well. Jaime Mungia, the zone. Got up against Camille Cesar Meta, 121 knocked out one, I believe. Mungia, last minute opponent change. I'm pretty sure that's the opponent now, though. Excuse me if I've got that wrong. Gabriel Rosado is on the undercard as well. Rosado is always about, man. He must have had 800 fights by now. Going up against Bektemir Melikiziev. And there's also a title fight for the WBC Women's Flyweight title. Ibeth Zamora versus Marlon Esparza. And more. So there's loads coming up this weekend. And hopefully we get to hear about what Boxer's doing as well. (laughs) Plans for the podcast. I'm going to contact somebody today for an interview. Uh, Ow, bloody hell. My hand's just gone cramp. I think it's a thought talking to him. Getting cramp hands. (laughs) Don't know what that means. So I'm going to reach out to them today. Uh, That should be interesting. They got an inside track on the whole Sky thing. All right, so we might get a little bit of juicy info. You will get that podcast, of course, in your podcast feed because you are subscribed to this podcast that you're listening to, all right? Cool. If you don't know, you can subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, all your podcast services. Go and tell a friend about Wingy's Boxing Bites podcast. You guys are helping me grow. I appreciate you. Make sure you go and do that. We've got a lot of boxing coming up, man. Adam Smith, he ain't effing about. He's like, nah. All right, come on. Rolling up his sleeves, old Adam. God God bless his little cotton sockies. So we've got a lot of boxing. And you want your friends to get into boxing, right? But you don't want to bore the fuck out of them. Oh! Who wants to listen to that on a podcast? Oh! Yeah. Tell them about Wingy's Boxing Bites. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Patreon shout-outs. Shout-out to all my Patreon supporters at a £1 level. I love you guys so much, and it means so much. Thank you very much. Big shout-out to Jamie W. Jamie, you are the G. You are the legend. Thank you so much. Gavin M. Man. Oh, Gavin Anytime you want a bottle of water, mate, you let me know. I'll sort you out a nice chilly one from the fridge, right from the bottom, nice and cold with all the frosting on it. Thank you, Gavin M. Super S, wingy boxing, white collar champion. Did I call you Super S? You're Scott S. You're also super as well. I can see you in a cape, Scott S, flying. Because you're Scott, you're S, your surname, and... 
you're Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much for your support. Week in, week out, brother. It means so much. Rory M, still at the top, still the king, the wingy boxing kebab champion. Knocking man's out straight cold. Thank you, Rory. Love you, mate. Give you a big kiss if I saw you. Just a kiss on the cheeks. <laughs> on the cheeks, should I say? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, these are my patrons. I've got a lot of love for them. Not that much love, though. Still, still, fam. Check out Wingy's Boxing Bike Podcast. Spread the word. Support the Patreon. One pound, as little as one. You said, Wingy, come back. Wingy, we want you back. Wingy, we want you back. Two and a half years. I'm chilling. I'm on. I'm on. You know, I'm, I'm on. I'm chilling with Connor Ben and, 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 and. You know, it's May. I forgot the guy's name now. I shouldn't really forget his name. Chilling with Connor Ben and his friends, you know, his funky friends on the beach. It's lovely. Joshua Boatsy, that's the one I wanted. Yeah, and then you guys are like, come back, come back. So I'm like, sorry, guys, I want me back. So show your support and give me one pound. <laughs> Failing that, just click the like button. There's no like button. Give me five stars on your podcast service. I do appreciate you. And spread the word. If you can't Patreon or don't wish to, spread the word and give me five star reviews on Apple. And I see you and I appreciate you. Take a screenshot of your review. Send it to wingy at email.com. If you want me to read it out, I'll definitely do that for you. Remember at the Patreon, higher tier benefits. There's tons of content, man. Every month there is a lot of content. A lot of content. you got a weekly show with me live, weekly talking boxing you can interact you get your question put up on the screen we go back and forth we have a laugh i say we have a laugh it's only a few of us at the moment it's like three of us knocking around in there to be fair but it's great fun we we, we love it and we hope that grows so shout out to you lot at, at that level i really do appreciate you you get the after dark podcast which is me uncensored uncut talking life talking boxing stuff that i don't want to talk about in public necessarily so it's just for you patreon lot exclusive video interviews with boxers and promoters, you get the video versions. Archive of the classic, no longer available, wingy videos. You know, from back in the UK, Wing Chun student days, with the Union Jack over the head and me wearing a leather jacket, standing against a brick wall, dissing David Hay. Not dissing, saying uh, it's hard to be a fan of David Hay. All those classic videos, I've got them all, and they're only, only available at the Patreon. You get the archive of the Wingies Box and Bites podcast coming up. Loads of stuff, man. It's the best boxing Patreon in my opinion, I've seen. And that's not being rude. I just think it is, all right? Because I've got a lot of content, doing it for a long time. And now to entertain. Can you entertain? Shut up. All right. Times you, 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 You've got to have your time, Daniel. Certainly have. You've got a bonus show, man. How long have we gone over? What was that? 20 minutes, 15 minutes or something? Christ. We are normally an hour, hence it being called Bite. Bite size, not 10-hour podcasts. <laughs> thank you for sticking with me i appreciate you as always oh, i almost bust a rib shouting then no i don't want to say it. i can't say that anymore people are going to start to get offended so tempted to say it no i'm not i'm not gonna some of you might know what it is brother all right people i think it's time to go before i lose me uh actual pants stay good stay easy and you know where the podcast is it's wingy boxing in it all right, Leo. I mean, the footwork, alighting, gliding around that ring, hitting him with jabs at will, touching him, explosive with it. It was like shades of Arlene the way he was moving. Move.